Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of A Yank on the Footy. I'll be honest, I never thought I'd get to episode 30. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. I hope that you'll consider sharing my podcast with your friends. There are quite a few great stories and some sad stories, actually, that took place over the weekend, so I'm going to dive into those. I'm hoping that you'll consider going to Apple Podcasts and giving my podcast a review. I'd love to hear what you think of the show. You can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter and as well on Gmail at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at a yank on the footy. Now, one of my goals with this episode and the, the last several episodes since I started issuing this and putting it out there is uh, I'm working on creating a mailing list of listeners to this podcast to a yank on the footy and this week's show notes i put a link uh to a google form uh where if you would like to do so and i hope you'll consider doing it uh you can put your email address on there and i will email you directly when new episodes of this podcast are released so when this one gets published later on this evening the first thing that's going to happen after it's published is that those folks that are signed up on that mailing list will have that sent out directly to them so they they have that link and they're ready to go I'd also like to be able to use this to help notify people of times when I'm looking at conducting a live episode. I haven't done that yet. I'm still considering it. I'm wanting to try it out. I was very tempted to do it last night during the, uh, the cats and D's game. I didn't, uh, did not end up doing that, however. And I also have a spot on that questionnaire that, uh, or that signup sheet. If you've got a question that you'd like to ask me that you want me to answer, um, I guess whether it's about me or whether it's about footy or my views on something, go ahead and add it on there and I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and, uh, respond to that. I had, um, one question I answered last week and then another one that showed up was, you know, what is my background in terms of how I discovered footy? And the best answer I can give to that would be to take a look at, or take, I should say, take a listen to episode number one of my podcast, which is, uh, where I talked about how I became a footy fan and episode two kind of looks at how I, I think that the, the differences in American sports and uh, the AFL stand out from one another, because I think there's some, you know, of course in the COVID-19 era, all bets are off. But up until this point in time, there were a lot of things that I really liked about the way the AFL did things as opposed to the NFL or the NBA, that type of thing. So I would love it if you'd consider signing up for that form. You know, I may actually uh, start uh, offering, you know, some merch if somebody would want to have a Yank on the Footy t-shirt or a sticker or something of that nature. I'm looking into that as well. Um, but it's a, uh, it's just also a way for me to get the podcast into your inbox as quickly as possible. I'm not selling any pyramid scheme items or anything like that. I'm not going to be trying to sell you insurance or, you know, or, uh, you know, day old produce or anything of that nature. It's just simply about the podcast. So I hope you'll consider signing up. Now, there were a number of events that took place this week that I wanted to dive into. And one of them was maybe a bit of an overreaction. But after Connor McKenna was diagnosed as being you know, having tested positive for COVID-19, there was a huge reaction that the league took. And they basically, they they banned tackling in practice. So teams are not allowed to practice tackling with one another, which 
the NFL did this a number of years ago because the union wanted to have less contact in practice. And it's led to very poor tackling in the actual game situations. NFL players do not tackle very well anymore. They don't wrap people up. They don't put them on the ground. They just try to hit them and knock them over. They don't. And if you bounce off, you keep right on going. But the AFL made the decision to go ahead and ban tackling in practice. And I'm not sure if it was the entire group practice or it was even just in like the small settings where you had maybe eight or nine defenders practicing with one another, that, that, that sort of thing. But shortly after they made that proclamation, they announced that, uh, wait a minute, Connor McKenna is actually negative. He doesn't have COVID. Now, they kept him out of the contest this weekend uh, as a precaution, but uh, it's great news to hear that he does not have COVID-19, that it was a false positive. But I'm wondering if the league is going to go ahead and walk back their decision to not allow tackling in practices to allow that to happen again. Because let's be honest, that is a huge part of the game. Now, maybe the league is also thinking everybody's getting tackled. We need to open it up to allow more scoring. So I don't know if that is in the back of their mind as to why they were thinking this. I hope not. I hope it was simply a precautionary thing because they thought somebody was ill and they were trying to, uh, to nip this in the bud. Um, you know, so it's a, uh, it was maybe a good idea when they did it, but let's see if they go ahead and rescind this. You know, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, which leads me into the other kind of big event that happened this weekend, and that was the the press conference with uh, the Hawks senior coach, Alistair Clarkson, which have started to become must-see TV in and of themselves, you know, maybe even more so than the game, because he was very upset. And, and again, he didn't necessarily show the emotion but what he had to say was, was very important because, as he put it, he said, quote, we are shit-canning our brand. And this is when he was talking about the, the absolute lack of free kicks being awarded for a held ball after a tackle. He argued that the officials, the umpires in the games, just don't know how to adjudicate it. They don't know how to call a held ball. It's like they forgot how to do that. Are they thinking that they're offending someone by not calling a, a held ball? And he and, and Clarkson claimed that the Hawks had 69 tackles during the game. I did not go back and look at the stats, but he's the coach. I'm going to trust that. I'm sure he has the paperwork in front of him. He said they had 69 tackles in the game, but did not get a single free kick for a held ball. So none of those, none of those warranted a, a free kick. You know, if you, if you watch the Hawthorne, Game, let me know on that. Um, I'd love to know what your thoughts were on that. But it's it's amazing. And he argued that this is helping to slow down the contest, that it's making it where there's less scoring going on because you've got everybody diving into the pile and ball up, okay? We don't know who's you know, who's got it, who's going to get the free kick. We'll just have a ball up and we'll go from there. So it's really disappointing that it's kind of evolved to that. You know, and I, I think that... Uh, that Clarkson has a really good point about this, and it's uh, it's kind of an important thing to get more flow to the game, to get more scoring going on. Because if you've looked at the scores the last few weeks, it's you know the game I got up and watched uh, yesterday morning, forty-seven to forty-four for a final. That's what 80, 91 points. You had a couple teams that scored more than that on their own, and that was for the two teams. Now, and it wasn't that they could, they were kicking and missing the uh, the goal. 
you know, and they were missing, you know, getting goals and getting behinds. They just were not being able to get shots on goal because of people getting tackled here and there, the ball getting turned over. Now, Chris Scott mentioned post game also, and I, I would imagine he's probably going to be mentioning this tonight on uh, AFL 360 when he's on there. He talked about the possibility of maybe the, the league should go to a 16 on 16 instead of 18 on 18 to open up the game to allow more opportunity for runners to run. Now, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on it. If you want to go ahead and, and share your thoughts with me on Twitter on that, at yank underscore on, you know, should we go to 16 on 16? Would that open up more scoring? You know, I, I, I'm wondering with, you know, quite frankly, with Chris Scott, with the Cats, and I'm a Cat supporter, I'm not sure I think that's necessarily a, a good thing because... You know, the Cats are getting a little up there in age. And while they have some folks that can cover a lot of ground, you know, Mark Blitzcavs can run, you know, miles and miles and miles during the course of a game. You don't have a lot of speedsters necessarily, or as many speedsters as maybe some other teams. You know, Patrick Dangerfield is quick. He's not necessarily fast. Joel Selwood is quick, not necessarily fast. You know, uh, Harry Taylor, not necessarily fast. You know, so it's a, uh, I think it's a double-edged sword for, for Chris Scott. But, it, you know, 16 on 16, maybe that opens things up a little bit. But then that might lead, you know, if they decided to go to something like that and uh, and go to just 16 on a side, that might help give the, uh, the, the league an idea to even cut back on the list size even more in the future, which is not necessarily a good thing. You know, if they're looking at cutting back to 35... Well, if they say, well, we're going to go 16 on 16, they might cut back to 34 or 33 and take out a whole other position or a couple positions on the list. So I don't know if 16 on 16 are a good idea, but what I, what I hope happens, you know, and again, I'm, I'm throw the cats one yesterday. It was an ugly win, but four points are four points. You know, I have to admit though, I like watching a much more wide open, freer game. Sure. I love watching the tackling. I grew up watching the NFL, still watch it. But as long as they're adjudicated properly, you know, if, if a player makes a tackle like Eddie Betts did last week at the end of the game with the Cats, he should get rewarded for it, which he did. But the umpires have to call the game the way it's supposed to be called. Call it the way the rules dictate. Okay, that's all I that's that's all I can can say about that because you know again I'm not. I'm not a, you know, 25, 30 year fan of the game. So I, I don't know if there have been swings in terms of how, how the games have been called or whether they're letting things go, that type of thing. But it's disappointing, you know, if a coach feels that, hey, you know what, we should have had some free kicks out of this and they're not being received. Does he have a point? And I know if you're not a Hawk supporter, you're probably saying, well, Clarko is whinging about this. And maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. He admittedly said at the end of the game that his team didn't play very well. So, you know, it's uh, it remains to be seen what happens here going forward. If if the league makes some some adjustments, if they get in touch with their umpires and say, "Hey, do your job." So, I wanted to move on to the next thing. And this, yeah, there were there were several injuries this weekend, but there were three significant ones that jumped out at me. Uh, 
the first one being the uh, you know the fact that you've got you know the pies and the cats and the dockers who are going to be facing time without three of their each one of them without three of their stars in their lineup and you know if you watch the uh, the pies game the other day the pies and giants you know, Jeremy Howe's knee injury was one of the ugliest I've ever seen and. If you were the person that, uh, well, and I actually saw it in a news article as well, and I actually think I linked to an article that showed the in, the initial instance that the that the injury took place. I think I have it in the show notes. If you haven't seen it yet, be warned. It is very graphic. But, you know, his injury, you know, marred a really good matchup between the Giants and the Pies. They played a heck of a game. And I know that, you know, Getting a replacement in the lineup for him is going to be difficult because, you know, the Pies had started to play a little bit better. They dropped this game. You know, I don't know if, if the loss of Howe during the course of the game resulted in that loss. You know, the Giants played a little bit better, but it was an ugly, ugly injury, and I don't know if we're going to see him back here this year. Now, they're saying it was uh, MCL and PCL, but not his ACL that went. So that may be a blessing but I don't know if he'll be back out there this year. And, you know, we had another thing that, that I saw this week that I've never seen happen in the, the four plus years that I've been watching the game. And that was seeing the, uh, you know, the cats, all Australian Tom Stewart breaking his collarbone when the game wasn't going on. And that, that was, that was amazing to me to see in, in a sad sort of way. Uh, and, and who knows how long he's going to be gone. You know, he could be gone for a month. He could be on six weeks, eight weeks. Who knows? You know, if the cats are fortunate enough to play finals, hopefully he's back healthy enough to play at that point in time. But this is something I'd never seen before. I'd never seen two players, you know, actually one of them injuring the other during those bumps. Now those bumps happen all the time. You know, that's one of the things that I found very interesting when I first started watching was that, you know, these guys are jockeying for position and they're elbowing each other. They're pushing that sort of thing. It's kind of like, you know, how, you know, in the center circle before tip off in a basketball game, same kind of thing going on. But, you know, the principle of tackling isn't in basketball. So that pushing and shoving like that isn't taking place there. But, you know, that the little elbows in the ribs, that sort of thing, or, you know, I better have to throw his name out there because... He's the one person I remember doing it, you know, Ben Stratton pitching somebody uh, as they're waiting for the ball to come into play. You know, that contact with uh, with Tom McDonald was something that they had done a number of times. You know, Tom Stewart bumped into guys probably every single game of his playing career. Tom McDonald probably done the same thing as well. I'm sure he has. But there was just that one split moment where he turned just a little bit and cracked the collarbone went. And it's just a fluke of an injury. And, you know, I'm going to be completely honest. The Cats have a huge hole to fill in their defense. Now, sure, they've got Harry Taylor to bring back in because they managed him this week. He did not play this past week against the D's. So they have the ability to bring Harry Taylor back into the lineup. But missing an All-Australian defender is is a huge hole to fill. So we shall see what what Chris Scott decides to do and what the list managers decide to do in terms of uh, naming who's going to be in the 22 next week, because, you know, and I'm going to get to this in a little while. The cats have a game coming up this weekend that, uh, most people probably thought at the beginning of the year was not going to be a competitive contest. And 
as I'm going to mention a little bit later on, when I make my picks, the team they're playing scares the heck out of me. But they're fun to watch. And the last of the three major injuries, and I watched this one over the weekend as well, was uh, seeing Nat Fife go down where he t- tweaked his right hamstring um, when he was playing against the Suns. Now, I don't know how long he's going to be out. It looked, you know, didn't look like it was a, a terribly severe one, so he might miss three or four weeks. But, you know, knowing that the, the Dockers are in the position that they are right now on the, on the, uh, the ladder, I don't know where the Dockers, where Fremantle are going to make up that offense because, you know, you're talking about the, you know, the, the, the Brownlow winner that is not in your lineup now. So you've got to figure out how do we replace this guy? So I think that it's going to be a, a tough task for the Dockers to, to get some wins during the time that Nat Fife is out. And of course, you know, when somebody comes back from a hamstring, yeah, they want to make sure it's a hundred percent, but in the back of their mind, are they, they're, they're likely concerned that, you know what, this could happen again really easily. So maybe I need to take it a little bit easy to make sure something doesn't happen. So, you know, I, I think they're going to probably be without him for at least this week, if not a couple of weeks. So I don't know what they're going to do as far as getting the, uh, you know, getting the offense that they need to get a W. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what I have uh, done as far as, you know, picking them in their upcoming game this week. Now, up at the top of the ladder, not a whole lot of, uh, you know, difference at the exact, at the exact top because Port Adelaide stayed undefeated. Um, but how many of you thought that Gold Coast would be in the number two spot on the ladder after four rounds? Go ahead, put your hands up. Yeah, I know. None of you put your hands up, did you? Yeah, you know, and the port, the 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 power have, have basically they didn't miss Xavier Dersma's archery skills this past weekend. You know, they he, they lost him due to a hamstring injury, uh, but the uh, the gap was filled by Charlie Dixon, who exploded for eight scores during the game, six goals and two behinds. I mean, Charlie Dixon had a phenomenal game. I had somebody send me a. a message on Facebook as I was typing out my notes for this. And they, they asked whether or not Matt Rowell was still leading in the, uh, the Coleman vote. And I said, I, I'm not sure I haven't checked. I said, but Charlie Dixon might've caught him this weekend. It might've gone ahead of him. Uh, but it has been impressive to watch the power play. Well, you know, they, they were picked by many to rebound this year. And, uh, you know, the rumors were circling, you know, that Ken Hinckley, had to had to play finals this year in order to keep his job. So he's taken it to the extreme. He's kind of, you know, I don't think he has the relationship with the leadership in the front office of the team where he's thumbing his nose at them. But you know, he's kind of taken it to the extreme here. We're saying, oh, you need me to be playing finals? How about I go ahead and uh, take the minor premiership here through the first quarter of the season? The power are playing fantastic footy right now, and it's going to be interesting to see where this goes going forward. Now, they have a formidable opponent this weekend coming up, and we're going to talk about that in a moment here. You know, I I, uh, I think the power have dominated so far, and I think it's you know safe to say, though, that the, the feel-good story of the year have got to be the kids that are wearing the red and gold up on the Gold Coast because they've been the laughing stock of the league for so many years. People have said, you know, give up on footy on the gold coast. And, and who, who knows, you know, once they allow 
crowds to come back into the stadium to fill the stadium. Is this success this year going to translate into ticket sales for them? Are they going to be able to fill the stadium uh, when they play a home game? Are they going to be able to fill the stadium? And I think it only holds about 25,000 fans, but are they going to be able to fill it? I surely hope so, because the way these kids are playing right now, they deserve the support of their fans. But it's it's been, well, while there's been all sorts of tragedy and horrible things that have happened as a result of the COVID-19 outbreak, the Gold Coast Suns have to be looking at this game and the way things have gone very positively, because it's allowed them to play this game without the distraction of a crowd, whether it be at home or on the road, and to communicate with one another on the field during the course of the game to grow as a team together. And they have been very impressive. And as a Cat supporter, I'm extraordinarily worried about this weekend's matchup. I'm hoping that the Cats can figure out a way to match up with the speed of the Suns. I, I, I hope they can figure it out. They've got a lot of, you know, the Cats have some midfield speed if they want to use it. They've got Narkel, they've got Parfit. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. You know, in the back of my mind, there's a guy that, you know, they haven't played in three years. Is he ready? He might be able to match up, but I, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to say, but who knows? He might get the call this week as well. And here's hoping that, that, that FS1 or ESPN2 here in the States who are carrying the games. Here's hoping, they, first of all, that they actually carry a Cats game because we, you know, we've now had three rounds. They've not carried a game here in the States of the Cats, and here's hoping that they carry the Cats and the Suns game together. The last story that I wanted to get into today is one that I never really thought I'd be talking about here at the beginning of the year because it's it's not something I saw happening and I don't know if I'm the only one that's surprised by it but I gotta ask the question what is going on with Richmond now I've been watching the game for four years and a little bit you know so I I don't recall I don't have the the firsthand knowledge of, of the Tigers being perpetually towards the bottom of the ladder and struggling and having that that 37 year gap between premierships because since I've been watching, they've been near the top and competing for a premiership. Now, I'm not a Tiger supporter, but I know this is a good club. And this club is way too talented to be playing the way that they're playing right now. They seem to be very dysfunctional. They're really struggling to score points. They're struggling to, to play as, to me, to play as a team. You know, Jack Rewald is really struggling this year as well. Now, I'm not saying that they should be at the top of the ladder. You know, but we saw them win the premiership last year from the third spot. You know, their struggles have, you know, have along with the, the struggles of the Eagles have opened up opportunities for for Port to move up the ladder. Now, what Port's doing, they were going to be at the top of the ladder anyway. You go 4 and 0 through the first quarter of the season, you're going to be at the top of the ladder regardless of what somebody else is doing. But the Eagles struggle as well have opened up spots you know for St. Kilda for Gold Coast to move into the top 8 teams that quite frankly I don't think many of us had picked in their top 8 at the start of the season. Okay, so I don't know what's going on with with Richmond. I don't know if they're going to be able to turn it around. But they're 
they've got too much talent to be playing this poorly. They really do. And I'm, I'm surprised that they are. Now, I thought about this as I was jotting notes down today. And I'm a bit of a movie buff, and I don't own this movie. In fact, I don't own any movies from this series. But what if, what if Richmond is playing the 2020 season the way that Rocky Balboa did in Rocky Three, when he had to face Clubber Lang, somebody who could just beat the hell out of him? But Rocky just let Clubber Lang for those of you who haven't seen it, was played by Mr. T and Clubber Langale got in the ring and just pounded on Rocky, threw him back into the corner, kept pounding on him. And his, his, uh, his brother might've been his brother-in-law. I don't, like I said, Burt Young, the actor, um, you know, kept saying, you know, he's not getting, he's not getting hurt. He's getting mad. And he just let Clubber beat on him and basically, you know, pound himself into being tired so maybe the uh, maybe the Tigers are just are lulling the rest of the competition into a false sense of security, and then they're going to sneak in in the eighth position or something of that nature and come back and win the whole damn thing again anyway. It wouldn't shock me, but I, and again, I don't think that's what's happening because there's way too many variables here. But bottom line is, I think the Tigers are way too good of a club to be playing as poorly as they are right now. And, and I really think they're going to get things turned around. Of course, you know, with the schedule being what it is, um, who knows where they're going to play, when they're going to play. I've got some news about that that just broke as I was typing up my notes today. Uh, but it's uh, that, that little analogy popped into my head. The Rocky Balboa Clubber Lang thing popped into my head as I was typing this up, t- typing up my notes for, for tonight's episode. So I, I don't know. You know, let me know what you think about that. Is it... Uh, are they, are they pulling a Rocky Balboa from Rocky Three here? Um, or is the rest of the league pulling a, uh, a Dolph Lundgren from Rocky Four going, you will lose? I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to extend my, my sincere condolences to the, the family of John Kennedy Sr. You know, he was not, you know, involved in the game when I've been watching it, but from everything that I have read, this man contributed so much to the game, so much to the Hawthorne Football Club, and he's somebody that that is not going to be replaceable in the game of football. And he should he should be remembered for everything that he did for Hawthorne, for the VFL, for the AFL, to uh, to help make it the great league that it is. So, sir, you will be missed. Now, for those of you who listened to my interview with Nathan Chapman of Pro Kick Australia back in episode 25, and if you haven't listened to it yet, especially if you're a U.S. listener, I think you will enjoy it. Uh, you might be interested in knowing that Mr. Chapman actually announced uh, today, it was in the news today, that he's planning on holding a Pro Kick clinic in Ireland. Now, if you hadn't listened uh, before, um, Mr. Chapman played in the AFL for a number of years. Uh, tried his hand as a punter in American football and then opened up this school where he was training athletes from Australia to become punters in college football in the United States. And then ultimately many of them have moved on to play in the NFL. Uh, I think there are five or six of his former students that are kicking in the NFL right now. But he had his first 
Irish Gaelic football player uh, earn a scholarship with Georgia Tech University, uh, where he'll be starting there in 2021. But he's going to be holding his first pro kick clinic in Ireland to work with uh, kickers that are playing Gaelic football and possibly rugby as well, I would imagine, uh, here in the near future once the COVID-19 um, restrictions are relaxed and, and you have that freedom of movement to be able to do those things. Now, one other announcement I wanted to make, and I wanted to congratulate someone. I wanted to congratulate Darren Green, who is uh, from the RVA Lions in Richmond, Virginia, in the USAFL. And he also heads up the Australian Football in the USA Facebook group. And I wanted to congratulate him on being sworn as a United States citizen here in the last week. That was terrific news. I I saw that pop up on my feed, and he made this little announcement saying, "Hey, this happened, and I'm thrilled about it." Um, you know, he didn't get to do it in front, you know, with the large group of people. He did it in a uh, sounded like in a small meeting room at a at a small government building in Norfolk rather than in Richmond. So it was uh, it was great news to hear that. If you hear explosions in the background, unfortunately, you know, I'm recording this on the 28th of June, but the people that live in the neighborhood behind me think that the 4th of July, and for those of you in Australia, people set off fireworks at their homes on the 4th of July constantly. Little firecrackers, all sort of bottle rockets, that type of thing. But the people that live in the neighborhood behind me believe that the 4th of July started on about the 10th of June. So at about nine o'clock at night since about mid-June they've been setting off fireworks for about an hour hour and a half so if you hear that in the background hopefully you can't because I've got you know I got some padding up but I can hear them through my headphones hopefully you cannot but again congratulations Darren Green for becoming a United States citizen that was great news um, before I wrap up I did want to give you my tips for this week and uh, you know again I'm as I said last week uh, you know I'm no expert but these are how the, the games are going to play out, at least in my mind. Now, last week, last week, I got eight out of nine games correct. If you want to pause the uh, the podcast and go ahead and applaud, that's fine. Uh, if you want to just keep listening, that's okay, too. I missed out on the Richmond and St. Kilda game. See, Richmond, I keep plugging for you here, thinking you're going to you're gonna win one, and you, you, you keep having me lose now in the last week i said that if you're listening to my tipping segment i hope that you're listening for comedic purposes as it's become evidently uh obvious um but now i can say with complete confidence i got lucky last week i still don't know what the heck i'm talking about so i want to run through the games um the first one and i'm going to go ahead and jot you know read through my uh my prediction here but there's a little bit of news that came out with this one i've got yeah richmond sorry i'm not picking you this week I'm taking West Coast over Richmond by 14 points. You know, Richmond's played very poorly this year, and while I think, you know, West Coast isn't exactly letting up the scoreboard, I think they're finally able to shake off their hub rust, which we're going to find out in a moment. That's not going to happen. Uh, get that much-needed win. Um, you know, the Eagles have way too much talent to stay in this continual funk that they've been in. They're too good of a team. Now, as I was looking at some news stories today, Tom Morris reported that uh, – this game is going to be postponed and rescheduled for later on in the year. And this is due to the increased number of cases of COVID-19 in Victoria. So Queensland is trying to stop uh, people coming from Victoria into Queensland. 
And he reported in this article that one of the options is, is for West Coast to host Sydney up in Queensland. So Sydney may, make, may be making the trip up to Queensland later on this week. And Melbourne may go ahead and face Richmond at the MCG. So if those things happen, I'm going to take West Coast over Sydney and I'll take Richmond over the D's. All right. Now the next game, Collingwood and Essendon. I've got Collingwood winning this one by 10 points. Uh, the Pies have got a big hole to fill in their defense with Jeremy Howe being out there. But I still think they're the better club. I still think they're a better club than the Bombers right now. Carlton and St. Kilda. This is almost a toss-up to me because these are two teams who are playing much better footy than they have in the past. I initially picked St. Kilda. I decided to switch back over and and go with Carlton. I thought with a little bit more experience. Um, I've got Carlton winning this one by four points. You know, I think, you know, after a couple, you know, blowout wins in the last three weeks, St. Kilda has been able to score some points. They can score. But I think that the momentum is with the Blues. I think the Blues have a slightly better club right now. Now, Geelong and Gold Coast. I've got Geelong winning this one by nine points. Go ahead, stop the podcast again. Call me a homer if you need to. Say I'm I've, I've, I'm I'm a dyed in the wool Cats fan, and I'm picking the Cats regardless. I almost picked the Old Coast for this one, especially with Tom Stewart being out. Okay, but you know if this game was being played in Queensland, I might go with the uh, with the Suns on this one. But I think that uh, you know the, again I've said it already. The Suns are playing fantastic footy. You can't take anything away from what they're doing. So I'm very impressed by them, but they're leaving their hub. They're leaving home for the first time. They're going to Victoria, possibly. Who knows? That may change because if if uh, Queensland doesn't want people coming from Victoria into Queensland, what are they going to do with the Suns after they've played here? Are they going to let them come home? So who knows? This week's schedule may still fluctuate here. But, you know, you've got, you've got Joel Selwood's 300th game. You've got Gary Ablett's 350th game. And I think that these these things are going to help to push. Let's be honest. The, the Cats have been sluggish. They've not played terribly well. They have, there hasn't been a whole lot of energy. You know, I, uh, I posted something on Twitter the other day. You know, Patrick Dangerfield is a dynamic player. He's a fan. I love watching him play. I love watching his energy, his fearlessness. I know he's probably not listening here, but watching Patrick Dangerfield kick set shots is like watching Shaquille O'Neal shoot free throws. You never know where they're going to go, but they're not likely to go in. Now, I think he actually scored on a set shot yesterday, but that hasn't happened very often in, re- often in recent years. It's, it's, you know, he's definitely much better kicking the ball on the move, and he does a lot of other things fantastically well, but set shots are certainly not at the top of his list of things that he does well. So I think the Cats go ahead and take that one. Uh, Western and North Melbourne. I've got uh, Western winning this one by eight points. Again, this is another one I think could go either way. North is, you know, North, you know, played mightily well against the uh, the Hawks. Almost won that one, uh, but I think the Bulldogs, despite a couple of injuries, you know, are still a little bit better than than uh, North Melbourne. Um, but I think I think like I said I think that Western's going to come out on top of this one here. Now the game of the weekend. The game of the weekend is Brisbane. And Port Adelaide. And 
I know Port Adelaide's at the top of the ladder, but I'm picking Brisbane in this one. And I've got Brisbane winning this one by two goals. You know, Charlie Dixon had a monster game against the Eagles. But I think that, that Brisbane is playing with a ton of confidence. They're playing in, in their home state. They're playing in front of a few of their fans. And I think they're going to come out on top here. And, uh, you know, they've got a ton of weapons. And I think that the other Charlie, Charlie Cameron, has a terrific game. And he has, let's be honest, folks, he has become must-see must TV. People are, people are tuning in to watch Charlie Cameron play the game. Now, the next game, Adelaide and Fremantle. And this one, I've got the Crows winning by six points. Now, this is the week where I think the Crows finally crawl out of that final spot on the ladder. You know, they gave up a lot of points last week against the Lions, but Tex Walker Walker played a great game. They still have a lot of veteran leadership. And I think that those young Crows are starting to to play a little bit better together. You know, they've realized that we're in this for the long haul. You know, the coaches are relying on us to... uh, to grow as a team, and I think that that they're going to take this. And you couple this with the fact that Nat Fife's not going to be playing, and I think this is a great opportunity for the Crows to get a win. So I've got the Crows winning that game by six points. Now, Melbourne and Sydney. I've got uh, Melbourne winning this one by ten points. And this is a game that could go either direction, but I think that the Ds are going to have a much better offensive showing than they did against the Cats. I hope they do. You know, Max Gohan is, you know, arguably one of the top two or three rucks in the game. And he's going to be facing not Sydney's top ruck because Sam Naismith is gone for the season. So Callum Sinclair is going to have to step up, fill that void. Now, if he can have a good game against against Max Gohan, then, then maybe Sydney could steal this game. But I think that Melbourne takes this one by 10 points. And the last game of the weekend, you got GWS and Hawthorne. And I've got GWS winning this one by 12. Not that I wanted to have uh, Alistair Clarkson have something else to complain about, but I think you know the Hawks are on the road again. They're he- they're heading up to uh, they're heading up to Sydney, and you know while they they gutted out a, a really tough victory, they held on. You know I think that the Giants are a better club at the moment, and I think they're going to come out on top of this one. So there's my tips for the week. There's my alternate tips for the week, just in case they change the schedule around even more than they've just announced they're going to do. You know, so it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, ladies and gents, we've had some, you know, terrible news on the injury front. Uh, when it comes to round four, we had some good news in terms of COVID-19, where Connor McKenna turns out he did not have it. Um, you know, those teams that have had these injuries are going to have to figure out how to replace those people in their 22. Here's hoping that round five, you know, sees the players staying healthy, provides us with some exciting footing, some exciting footy. And, you know, I hope everybody enjoys the game and I hope all of you have a terrific week. Now, don't forget that while you can find episodes of the podcast at yankonthefooty.podbean.com, you can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. Hopefully, you know, now that you've given it a listen, you know, even if you're listening on Podbean or you're listening on uh, Stitcher, or whatever app you're using, hopefully you'll consider going to the Apple Podcast site and give me a review. Let's me know what's going well, what I need to work on. You can also leave me comments on the Podbean app. Okay, I had somebody uh, last week that said uh, that I needed to be more bold with my predictions. You know, I think that they had said that uh, one of the games that they said that that Adelaide was going to lose by a significantly larger margin, and I don't think it was as big a margin. Um, 
and I, and I responded. I said, yeah, I'm, and I appreciated the comment. I, I, I truly like hearing back from people because again, I, I'm not pretending that I know everything. I'm just somebody who decided to put, you know, set aside the time to do this. I'm not, I'm not saying I know everything at all. Most of you out there know more about the game than I do, which is why I love hearing from you because you can tell me about it. But they said, you know, I, t- I responded. I said, well, you know, I, I'm really not trying to anger the fans of any club. So if I, if I get on there, and I think they said that one of the games was going to be decided by 80 points. So if I had announced that, you know, if I'd said, well, I'm going to tip um, Team X to lose by 80 points, I don't want to make Team X's fans upset. I'm, I'm, I'm still tipping against them, but I'm not making it quite as wide a margin. That's kind of what my mind, th- my mindset was there. So, you know, you can also reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com on Twitter at yank underscore on, as well as on Instagram and Facebook at a yank on the footy. I wanted to thank Mr. Joseph McDade for the use of a couple pieces of his music. Mr. McDade, you've done some great music. I'm using elevation and backplate. You can reach him at josephmcdade.com backslash music. Again, sir, appreciate your hard work. Ladies and gents, I hope that you uh, consider going to the show notes and completing that uh, email form so I can get the podcast into your email as soon as it comes out. And hopefully we can talk with one another when we uh, do an upcoming live episode. Now, ladies and gents, I want to thank you for listening because while we're fans of our teams, you know, deep down we're fans of the game that we all love, and that's the game of footy. Now, for those of you who are watching in the United States or in Canada, don't forget, and this is a quote that I came up with, at least I'm, I, I haven't seen it anywhere else. Australian rules football. It's why they invented the DVR. So even if you can't stay up and watch a game at 1.30 in the morning or get up and watch a game at 5 o'clock or watch a game at 11.30, hit that DVR. Come back and watch it later. Tell your friends about it. Because, you know, we still don't have baseball for another month. And this, in terms of the time that these games are on, it's not going to be interfering with baseball. So I hope you'll consider sharing the podcast. I hope you'll consider sharing the game with your friends. I reached out to someone on a uh, forum that I'm on uh, talking with people that are Cleveland Browns fans. And I've you know posted things about the games being on in the States. And I said, you know, has anybody you know decided to watch yet? And one person said, oh, heavens no, I'll never watch that. And I showed them a couple of video links. I said, would it be okay if I, I sent you a couple of uh, links? And they said, sure, whatever. And I sent them the what is AFL and, you know, like the, the best things of like the, the last decade on the AFL's best of in the last decade on YouTube. And they emailed me back a little while later and they were, they were very conciliatory saying, wow, that's fantastic. I, I apologize for, you know, not, uh, you know, cutting you off and saying I wouldn't be interested in it. So I believe they were actually going to watch a game this weekend. So hopefully they'll get back in touch with me and let, let me know what they think. You know, again, ladies and gentlemen, I ask that you consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. I appreciate you listening and may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later.
This has been episode 30 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook at a yank on the footy. Thanks for listening and please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye.